All right. Welcome to Jetstream Live. Super excited to be here today with Jayesh Parmar. He's the co-founder at Gunky. Uh, it has a pretty interesting story. So I want to uh, dive into that. Jayesh, thanks so much for being here. Uh, thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah. So, so before I really want to talk about Gunky and the story and, and you know, what, what's happening there and, and uh, what you guys are doing. Uh, but before we do that, I'd love to learn a little bit more about yourself because you've got an interesting story as well, which has led to, uh, you know, the start of Gunky. Sure. Um, maybe I'll give you the Reader's Digest version here really quickly. Sure. Um, it, generally, I mean, if we go back to university, I'm, I, I guess what you'd, you'd, you'd say is that I am, um, I'm a staunch entrepreneur. In university, uh, when I was 20 years old, uh, me and my co-founder at that time, or business partner, we didn't call them co-founders, we decided that we wanted to go out there and um, solve our problem. Our problem at the time was we wanted to meet girls, drink booze, and party. Uh, it's, a, it's a really silly problem, but it was a 20-year-old problem. Uh, we ended up getting a BDC loan for, for $3,000, and then we went to hit the pawn, shons up, uh, pawn shops up. And we bought a whole bunch of DJ equipment and then we had to figure out how to put it together and how to play with it and how to actually have BDGs. Fast forward, uh, we got the student paper to do a big, uh, you know, uh, article on us. Fast forward, uh, we were doing a whole bunch of shows for a whole bunch of student colleges and then it grew. So instead of making $50 a night uh, at our old jobs, we we're making $500 a night. Which was which was good for university students, uh, and we're going back to 2007 here. So, so we're going back. Fast forward, we decided to put on our own shows, um, which were great. And so then we're making five thousand a night, which was you know we we're living pretty healthy for students. Fast forward, um, you know the biggest problem that next biggest problem we had to solve is is tickets. Uh, now for some people that uh, you know this is kind of pre-internet being sort of like mass adopted in 2007, um, especially on the e-com side. So online tickets was was not something that was very prevalent. So back in the day, what we had to do, which it sounds kind of weird, is we had to go out there and uh, give tickets to record stores and then collect money, the actual currency, cash. So it was just a real pain to kind of kind of figure that all, whole thing out. So fast forward, start up an e-ticketing company um, similar to Eventbrite, uh, and um, yeah, fast forward, we built uh, Picketic, an online ticketing and event management company that spun out of that. We penetrated the world, and so um, below, uh, we got a call from Eventbrite, uh, 2018, um, and uh, they acquired our company. And um, you know, and then fast forward, uh, I started another company with my wife. So that's that's kind of the whole arch and a quick story of starting from a DJ to um, uh, you know a tech entrepreneur, CEO, founder to um, an e-com hardware product uh, founder now. So it's uh, it's it's been quite a journey of entrepreneurialism. Yeah, awesome. That, that's a great little story there. And I, I love that you had to sell like physical actual tickets in yeah. record stores right which we see like less and less i mean i don't even know if you go to the mall if you'll see any record stores uh maybe some of the ones selling like the actual records uh but there's less and less of those like you know stores hmv i don't even think you see that in uh, in the malls anymore so yeah i know it's i mean it was such a pain collecting money <laughs> we didn't know exactly our, our you know 
and then you had to you know you had money management so you, you know the supply yeah. chain of payments to cash flow was 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 difficult uh, but we figured it out yeah it was, it was it was a different time i think back at it now i'm just like holy macros how did we do this <laughs> yeah no doubt uh we'll appreciate that that backstory thanks for that um now tell me a little bit about gunky what what is it and uh what made you start this company well so it's it's gonna sound a little bit silly but I really, Gunky's the world's sexiest tongue scraper. Um, and, and the silly part about it is, is that I really love tongue scraping. Uh, and so, <laughs> uh, you know, so I'll back things up a little bit is, you know, sold the company, uh, which was, which was great. Uh, then I'm sitting at home and it just so, sort of coincided with COVID. And um, I'm sitting there and I'm spending more time with my family uh, and I realized that uh, every Friday in our family, we have Friday movie popcorn night. And um, for all those people out there, I mean, you know how important and near and dear family is. Uh, but I realized that number one is I probably missed 90% of them because I was on a plane or working. Number two is it became my favorite part of my life uh is is waiting for friday and hanging out with my family and it's nothing exciting uh we would you know just get a tea you get a movie on 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 uh netflix and and just enjoy that so um gave me an opportunity to kind of double click and and really focus in on a few things one is um i i wanted to make sure that i was never in a position where i'm going to be away from my family that much anymore mm-hmm. two uh I got an opportunity to see my wife in her, in, in all her glory. And my wife, uh, I, I'll, I'll shed a bit of modesty. I, I married up. Uh, she is an absolute phenom, like three undergrads, a master's. Uh, you know, she's a top 40 under 40 performance marketer. Uh, she's a real deal. But I got an opportunity to see, you know, her business. And she, you know, realized that she makes other people millions and millions of dollars. Uh, and she's very good at what she does. And so I'm sitting there and I realize I really want to work with her more. So, uh, you know, I, I get, this goes back to me loving tongue scrapers. Uh, uh, my mom and my dad have been doing it for 60 years. I've been doing it for 30 years. Uh, and my wife, um, she's been doing it for 10 years. And I, you know, I effectively pitched her. I was like, hey, Nick, I want to build the world's sexiest tongue scraper. Um, and so for those people that don't know what a tongue scraper is, I brought one, I knew I was going to talk about it a little bit, but this is what it is. Um, and, and so what we did is, and and real quickly, what a tongue scraper does is that there's a layer of gunk on your tongue and when you scrape it off, it's disgusting. And most people don't even know that that layer is there. Um, so, you know, back to the story is I'm, I'm sitting there and I was like, well, and you know, let's work closer together and. And she loved the idea. So her and her team put up a, uh, a rendering, if you will, of, of what this would look like uh, and uh, built a website. We sent some performance and we saw, well, will people buy it? Uh, people started buying it, which was a unique and exciting um, you know, data point. But what ended up happening is we had to call everyone back because we didn't actually have a product because it was just a render. Uh, and so fast forward, what ended up happening is um, we ended up deciding that we were going to do this and we're going to build it out. 
And um, we hit up a Kickstarter and it sold uh, our, our meta funding goal within eight hours. Wow, so eight sold, hours. Yeah, we sold to over 50 countries around the world. And uh, now uh, we, we, we are now selling cookies to all over the world. The world's sexiest tongue scraper um, is, is what we do. So that's what, that, that is exactly um, what a gunky is and, and, and what gunky is all about. Yeah, very, very cool. And, and I love that you did, uh, you know, I, I think it kind of throws back to like Zappos was one of the first companies to do that, right? Where they're like, let's see if people will buy shoes online. Let's see if people will actually buy this product. And so at Zappos, they would like go down to the shoe store, take a picture of it, throw it up on the web. And then when someone bought it, they'd run down and buy that pair of shoes and ship it out to them just to prove the concept. And I think that's a really cool thing that, you know, maybe some people don't realize you can do before you get too far down a rabbit hole of a product that maybe doesn't work is that you can actually start selling it before you have it or not sell it, but, you know, put it out there and see what people like, uh, see what resonates with them before you actually you know, do all the work of sourcing the product, building it uh, mm-hmm. and setting it out. So I love that you actually uh, did that and it seemed to work well for you. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, what that, what, what tech taught me is, is super agile and trying to get a sight line to product market fit. Um, not trusting, you know, not falling in love with my idea and, and trying to get as many data points as we possibly can in order to go out there and, and build the right thing at the right time. Uh, and so that, that was really important. Um, we've done this in, you know, in, in, in my, my crude language for one second here, but in, you know, in, in our, our last company, we called it, we don't want to polish, polish the turd. Um, so again, excuse my language, but what we did early is we we, sometimes we, especially in tech, we fell in love with our idea and our concept. We go through so many cycles and so many sprints. We go and invest all this time, money and effort, and we'd ship it, uh, or go live. Uh, and only to find out that after months of work or months of doing everything, uh, nobody used it, nobody touched it. Mm. Um, and so, you, you know, it's, there's a, there's a, a really, there's a really cool methodology. It's the, it's, it's the design sprint, like, you know, a five day Google design sprint. And if, if people don't know about this, I highly encourage you learning about design sprints, understanding them. Um, you know, it, it gets away from groupthink. It gets away from, you know, the CEO coming in and being a, Hey, this is what I want now. It really gives you an opportunity to really understand your customers. It gives an opportunity for you to, to really, um, get data and insights that otherwise weren't there and you want to do it minimally viable. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so for most people that might, or not most people, for f- some folks that might not know what that is, a minimally viable product is, is just super cheap and, and, and super inexpensive, same as cheap, but, and, and ship it and, and it's ugly and it just works. And, and for, as you get experience, what we found is like, oh, you noticed you know, what would you like fixed? And, you know, and, and so rather than trying to go out there and polish it, we, we go out there and we put something that was half baked. If people noticed it, we knew we were onto something and then we go out there and engage and then try and get more data and insights so that we can go out there and build again, uh, what they want in the right timing. So yeah, that's, that's a really, really quick, small, uh, tip that I, you know, love to share. It's very expensive to learn the hard way, and we've definitely learned it the hard way. Um, but once you do it once or twice, you you realize, hey, uh, we can't afford to do this. Yeah, and when we look at that the same way with our marketing, right? Like 
we, we don't expect a campaign to work immediately when we, when we set it up, right? Yeah. It's a possibility that could happen, but more likely what we need to do is, is set up a minimally viable uh, campaign. And yeah. then we, we plan to test and iterate and learn. Yeah. Right. And and what I've learned in entrepreneurship is sometimes it's better to do something that's not perfect than try to create something that's perfect that will never actually be perfect because you haven't tested it against the elements and put it out there to the users, the customers, the, the people that are going to interact with it mm. or not. And even if you put it out there and they don't love it, well, that's a piece of feedback. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's a piece of feedback there to, to learn from. Uh, but if you wait too long, and I think Reed Hoffman has that famous quote, right? If, if you've waited, what is it? If you're not embarrassed of your product uh, when you release it, you've probably waited too long. It's something along the lines. I'm kind of botching it. But I think that that is so, so true in so many elements of startup, business, marketing, product, software. Uh, and I think more people need to um, embrace that as well. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree with you, especially on like performance or going out there marketing. I, I love small batch tests. You know, like you get data, get data. Let me understand exactly, you know, where persona lies, understand exactly how we can go deeper. Um, and then even get some of those folks on the phone that converted just to making sure that we're on the right page. Um, I'm definitely down. And then the Hoffman thing is I always told my team, I mean, we went on for a decade, but I was like, if we weren't embarrassed about our product every six months, we're doing something wrong. Like, you know, in, in our, in our world, and especially, I mean, we don't want to romance the tech world, but I mean, uh, we, we'd always say, you know, F it, ship it. It's very common. Uh, phrase, but like, you ship, um, let's get it out there and, and let's not polish the, now at a certain point we got really big and we had to be very, very careful. Like we, we sure. had to have staging sites and then we would go out there and like, you know, do it like on, 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 on close, close betas. Um, but you know, when you're first starting, like just get it out there. You know, how lucky are we if somebody actually notices? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so go, going back to that, getting it out there, can, can you talk a little bit about the Kickstarter uh, campaign? Because you, you said you, you, you reached your goal in eight hours. Is there anything particular that you did or, or anything specific that you think worked really well to make that well, successful? Well, I'll back up a little bit here, uh, Mike. Is So when we launched it, and this is a beautiful thing of why sometimes it's, it's great to go out there and just ship. We shipped our product in that minimal viable. All of a sudden, my old investors started getting wind of what we were doing. And they're like, hey, we want in. I was like, well, I wasn't, we weren't planning to raise. You know what I mean? And so, like, people got attention, got to it. And they're like, oh. So we ended up closing a round, um, which, was, which was fantastic, it's, uh, and it, which, was, which was awesome. And we got some top-tier, you know, investors, et cetera, et cetera. But it made me insecure and nervous. Um, and the reason being is because, you know, I'll shed modesty is like, and, and I, I've mentioned this uh, perhaps to you in the past, but, uh, you know, if you're a good hockey player, but now you're going into like tennis, this is what it was. Is I'm, uh, you know, I'm doing tech and, you know, shed modesty, I was good at that. But now I'm going into an actual, you know, CPG, con consumer product good, uh, direct consumer. So a CPG DTC uh, company. And I was like, oh, shoot, I'm don't know if I can really like, you know, is this really like, are, are people just throwing money at you because you've been successful in the past? So that's where we did is like, okay, well let's do um, a Kickstarter uh, to see if we actually really have something like 
will people really buy on mass and not, you know, maybe, maybe we just had friends and family that would just bought off of us or people that are just really extreme, extreme users. So that's kind of the why. And I would just really wanted to kind of understand, let people know the why around that. When we did the Kickstarter, we, we talked to the people who've done really well with Kickstarter, like Vessi Shoes. Mm -hmm. we, we talked to them. We talked to, um, you know, it's Tony at there. We talked to Shamil at, um, you know, like so a few other people that end up going out there and doing awesome Kickstarters. We just interviewed everyone there. It is a process. There's a right way and a wrong way to do it. Um, but we end up doing it and we end up being successful at it. Uh, the, the thing that we loved about it is, you know, and it wasn't more for the economics of it because we end up knock on wood, we had, or, or gratefully we end up having, you know, the, the coffers full from, from great investors, but, um, the data and the insights we got from that, mm, what right. our team do. So we knew exactly, oh man, like we have three products that's solo, which is a one. And then we have a two and then we have a three and we realized, okay, what, where, where they, you know, which one gravitated, like what, and so which, which, which skew, um, and what ratio should we do our mass order on when we do our big order? So it gave us insights there. It also gave us geos in terms of where we want to go out there and spend our performance, which is converting really well. So yeah, that's a little bit about, um, our Kickstarter, the why, and then some of the, some of the benefits that we got out of it. Yeah, awesome. And, and Kickstarter just seems like the perfect platform for, for products like, like this, right? It's not necessarily for everyone, but this one just seems like made, made for it and, and really ideal. So that uh, sounds like it went really well. And, I, and I'll tell you, like, it's, Mike, it was, like, why Kickstarter is great is because we then ran into, sh like, all of a sudden the world stopped and they ended up shipping was, was backlogged and, and all these kind of things. Well, what was great about it is that Kickstarters, they're, they're extreme early adopters that are have like great empathy or sympathy to entrepreneurs that are that in the startup phase. Um, so what we did is we we communicated often um, and and authentically and genuinely, genuinely in terms of what was going on. Uh, the response, the support that we end up getting from our Kickstarter community was was amazing. It's it's empowering. It's 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 fuel for the soul. When you're when you're an entrepreneur in startup phase and you're trying to kind of put your parachute together as you're jumping out of the plane, so uh, yeah. it's it's definitely I would recommend it to folks. Um, one is that you know it is it is good use of cap, it, you know you grab capital out of it, but there's so much more that you can get out of that that you know that that software um, is is just getting introduced to early adopter customers, which which is now the foundation of how we're building our company. Yeah, that, that's a great point, right? It's not just about getting the money. It's about getting the data and the knowledge. And, and you know, you can also do that with like, you know, spending ads, which you did a little bit of as well, as well right? It's like, mm -hmm. if you look at that, you know, if you're buying ads, you're putting some money out to get some data. With Kickstarter, you're potentially getting some money in and some data in. So totally. uh, that's a great point. Which we can convert on, you know, and we can take a look at it and say, what's our narrative? Who's our persona that we really want to target? How are we going to go out there and create copy around What's our drip going to look like around, you know, yeah, right. exactly. you, you start, you start triple, you know, going in four clicks in deep and you can start being like, okay, here's some hypotheses that we're going to go out there and check and measure against. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love, I love to talk about the, the brand as well. If we could just kind of shift gears to, to brand. Cause I think the gunky name is really interesting and catchy. 
Uh, but also the product, right? It's it's yeah. black. It's it's pretty streamlined. Can you talk about creating that brand and and why that matters uh, in e-commerce today? Well, I you know, and this is just my opinion, and I I think about it often. I think about a Herschel backpacks. You know, there are backpacks that you know I've I've gone through school all all levels, and I've probably gone in my lifetime through ten backpacks. Uh, I, there's only one brand I remember. Yeah. Um, you know, and so for us, I just realized, okay, like there's really, at the end of the day, we, this is a tongue scraper. Um, people can go out there and they, if they wanted to copy it from somebody from, you know, a competitor or China, it's patent pending, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and where they're not the first ones out there, um, ours is definitely special for a variety, variety of different reasons. Um, that's the patent, but, uh, what we think about defensibility is brand, um, and execution. And that's how we look at how we look at it. So brand was very, very important to us in terms of how we looked at every single piece, the unboxing experience, mm, um, yeah. the 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 actual you know, thickness of of the of the box, how it presented inside, what the feel and the texture is, what is it made out of um, around this, what is our social purpose um, around our, our our product as well. Uh, there is so many different aspects of it. How does our logo, you know, uh, play and then mm. and then makes it into a smiley face around that? And what is the significance of all these little pieces? So going around brand is we really spent a lot of time on testing on brand, right down to the color and location of logo. Uh, and and we we realized like that that was something that we were not going to go out there and. Um, and really move too fast on. We wanted to test out that piece uh, just for the simple fact that our hypothesis was and is, is that for us to create supreme defensibility is that we really have to go out there and create a brand and we have to create, uh, you know, and that's going to help us with execution. Uh, it's a gunky. And, and, and so now people are talking about, I gunkied my tongue. Uh, which is which, I love it. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's kind of like you know, like Kleenex or Q-tips. It's like you know, you you know, I, it's I gunky. You know, did you gunky today? Uh, which is which is cool. So it's starting. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and I love when you when you talked about brand. You talked about like the the product and the experience of unboxing mm -hmm. and the and the actual box and the package, right? Because when we think about brand a lot, we think about like you know the logo, the colors, you know maybe the website, but but the brand is so much more than that. I think it's even more so it's like an experience. The, go ahead. No, seriously. I, sorry. And I apologize if I cut you off because I get really excited about this, but like, yeah, it's ahead. really for me, brand is about creating emotion is, you know, like what is this emotion and how can I relate to this? Um, and that's kind of when, when people look at it is, is, you know, trust, reliability, all those different aspects, but like, it's like, it's, it's, it's really creating that emotion of, Oh yeah. Um, and it's right from the very first click, from awareness all the way down to the end of the funnel of creating, you know, advocate advocacies and people who are proud to share and tell other people about it. And that whole arch is something that you know every step of the way we we have brand centric ideas around how do we create that, how do we empower that. Um, so it's a shared um, experience between us and our customers. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and the point I was going to make was just around, you know, your wife would probably know being in the performance marketing space that like, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, you could just grab some product, you could drop ship it from somewhere, you didn't really have to worry too much about the brand. And, 
you know, run some campaigns through it. As long as the CPA was there, you'd probably do an, be doing okay. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but fast forward to like today, you, you have to build a brand for exactly the things that you're just talking about, right? Right from like the first time they've seen the product and thinking about, is that something for me? Does that brand resonate with me? Right through to buying it, experience it, unpackaging it, using it, and then maybe becoming an advocate. Because now with, with you know, digital marketing is so much more competitive and, you know, obviously changes coming with iOS and privacy and all that sort of stuff. The, the CPA can't be the be all end all. If you, you know, acquire a customer, say a, a gunky customer at like $20, maybe you're selling the product for less than that. You might lose on the initial transaction. So you need to get to that point where that person maybe refers seven people or comes back and buys another one or buys them as gifts on a regular basis. And so I just think that the metrics have shifted and changed to not only, you know, should you have a brand, but you have to have a brand to be a successful long-term company and performance marketers of the past used to just look at like, ah, it's an arbitrage game. And now it's, I think it's so much more. And actually I'm very excited by it. I think it's a much more interesting game. Uh, and it's not as straightforward of buy low, sell high. It's, you know, buy at a position that you can manage and then have long-term value customers that talk about your business, that grow your business. And so some of those results come a lot later and it's just a big shift, but I'm excited to see brands like Gunky and others that are creating these, you know, really cool brands. Yeah. Like there's a few things that come to mind. One is, is like, you know, tech is innately uh, deflationary. Great tech. What does it, it brings down, a great example is if you look at your phone, you have your diary, you have your flashlight, you have your camera on there. You don't need to buy those other things, and they're all free, so to speak. So if it's done, drop. A uh, byproduct of that is it's become super cheap and very, very easy, for lack of better words, to go out there and set up an online store now. Yeah, right. Um, and so what has happened before is like that trust and credibility needs to go out there. And you need to go and spend the time on it because consumers are like, okay, well, I think it's like, you know, these are, these are, these are popping. It's very easy for me to buy things and very easy for me to go out there and just put my face up or my thumb and to have convert. Um, so I think that people are getting a little bit wiser and they want to be able to see exactly what that brand is, what you're, what you stand for. And they're, you know, they're voting with their dollars around how they want to go out there and, and empower these companies um, so that's, that's the second thing. The next thing that I want, or the first thing, the next thing that kind of resonated that when you're talking, Mike was, um, the viral coefficiency of word of mouth, you know, we call it wow. Um, uh, and what it is is that, you know, with, with brand and with creating that emotion, we're hoping that there is going to be that coefficient where people tell people that tell people, um, you know, and so that's kind of the, the piece that we're really working on with with the brand and and with that is is really trying to get something where people are really passionate and um and 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 in order for people to get really passionate about things they they gotta they i think that they gotta really be gung-ho about um every piece of the story who does this really well for me and you know in 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 my my peer group is peloton um, and, and what, and the reason why I say that is because all my peer groups, uh, they won, they got the bikes outside of what's going on in their world, but they're wearing all their clothing. They, right. they, they, they've got this to a point where people are wearing their clothing and they are such advocates, um, around brand 
that it um, you know it's done. I think they've done a really good job with that. Yeah, so. absolutely. And and, and uh, you you and I met recently, and uh, you mentioned Vessi, mm. and so I bought a pair of Vessi shoes. I mean, it's lo- good, strong local brand, but the yeah. product is also amazing. They're they're waterproof shoes. They're truly waterproof. You can just walk right into the lake, and your you know socks stay dry. And then the other one is is actually a, a brand in Victoria that we talked about, which is Endure Apparel with the socks. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I like every chance I can get, I get excited about these socks and I tell people about them, but it's because the brand really resonates for, with me. Right. They're like, you know, it's all about having a high performance sock that is a little bit outrageous, is interesting. It's kind of a talking point, uh, but it really, really resonates with me. And so you have to find your customer uh, in that way and create that brand that resonates. And then you will get these like, not necessarily influencers, but mini advocates and my neighbor actually told me about Vessi shoes and I didn't even look them up. I just went right to the site and bought them. I didn't do any reviews or anything. I'm like, that was enough. So that word of mouse mouth <laughs> was enough to convince me right in the moment. So it's really, really strong. I think people need to fully understand the value of, of word of mouth. Listen, you're not going to be disappointed on either one of those brands. And I got to tell you them, they're just quality products. And yeah. what's even better is the founders are just amazing amazing people like right just and i mean i mean you know for those people who are outside of canada and outside of british columbia um i you know this might not resonate with you but like it's super local to bc and canada which i love supporting um our hometown uh sort of our our local folks and they're making world-class products that's penetrating the world it's it's just amazing and just the fact that they're just nice 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 people with great teams oh yeah and i think that that's their story you can like you know you meet these people you see them on a podcast you're like okay i resonate i connect with the founder they seem like good genuine people their brand is is genuine and authentic the product works well does what they say you know if you can line those things up you know you're you're in a really good position uh, as a brand and so you know i see the same things happening with gunky you know we've only recently started talking but you guys are doing a lot of the same things uh, as well so i'm uh, oh. really glad to see that we're hoping so i mean the, the reviews have been you know sh- sh- knock on wood they've been amazing they've been so 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 kind the people have been resonating really well to the product which is which is fantastic um it's yeah. it's been it's been it's been a humbling experience um uh, Hopefully we can follow the, you know, the footsteps of Endor and Bessie uh, because they've yeah, done absolutely. some good work. So, so what, what is the future of Gunky? Where, where, what's next? Well, right now is we have our hero product, which is, which is, which I showed you here. Um, we are going to stay super dedicated and super focused on one, you know, one hero product, which is the tongue scraper. Um, they last a lifetime, so you know there's not going to be a lot of repeat buy with it. You know, in terms of that, and the reason why we built it the way we did is so that it would last a lifetime. But the idea with it is is to go out there and build trust and credibility with our customer. And we, as we build trust and credibility, we have other products that we want to introduce into um, in, you know, into our family of products. Uh, you know, from a business start standpoint, you know, our CAC towards AOV will increase. That'll give us an opportunity to go out there and and build a, a sustainable business that you know can 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 grow. But that is really what it is. Is is you know, long term is is to go out there and, and put more more SKUs on the line. But right now, it's really staying hyper focused. Yeah. Um. Really, really. 
you know, detail orientated um, and just having everybody on the team aligned on our, our true north. Um, and, you know, is, is really understanding is like, okay, we do one thing, we do one thing extremely well, and we want to make sure that we can go out there. And there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle in terms of the infrastructure, you know, three PLs, you know, all the performance stuff, uh, every, you know, the, you know, the, the, the quality assurance, making sure that we have support and you know, like all that. So all that plumbing, it gives us an opportunity to get that infrastructure in place. Uh, so we're not going out there and we're, you know, over, you know, um, under promising, uh, on our, on our promise, uh, we want to you know, under promise and over deliver if, if you will. So that's kind of where our focus is, has been in the next little bit. And our goal is to sell 10 million of these, uh, and it to become a household name similar to Q-tips and Kleenex. Yeah. Very cool. And, and it's cool to see, like you mentioned, like people, I gunkied my tongue. Yeah. I, I love that. And, and that's probably something that, you know, something that we do at, at the agency is we do a voice of customer survey and we, we want to get the customer's data and their, their, what they say, how they describe it. You probably wouldn't have thought that, hey, someone's going to say this, but when they start saying it, it's like, oh my God, that's amazing. And then what the customers say helps resonate with other customers, right? So it's really cool to see that happening. I see it. I mean, once somebody wrote it, it's the best thing that they wrote in the last five years. It's like angels scratching like their tongue, you know, it's like, <laughs> like people are saying these things, it's just, it's, but I mean, I tell you, for those people that do try uh, a gunky, it is, yeah, be honest, it is a little disgusting. There's a there's a layer sure. of, of toe jam on your tongue that you didn't know that was there. And it is, it's, <laughs> it is, once you do it, you're kind of like, oh, um, you know, I used to kiss people with that, but no, it, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. It's cool. It's, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird business that we decided to get into, but I love it. It's, it's a, but it so I was just going to say, it, you got to have something unique, you know, maybe something weird sometimes to stand out. Well, it's, it's, it goes back to my Indian roots, you know, the Ayurvedic system of med care of medicine. And so it's, it's been around for thousands of years. It's, you know, it's very, you know, Indo-Canadians, most families have one of these in, the, in their household, but like a very rudimentary style. There's nothing sexy about them. So we've done that. Um, so yeah, that's the, I, the thing that we do in terms of trying to bring the sexy in is the brand. And then I guess, you know, Mike, if I can, is like probably the proudest thing that we end up doing is, um, is if you take a look at our logo right here, when you turn it upside down, it makes a smile, happy face. Yeah. Uh, so we have a organized, like a, a piece of our company's called project smiles. Uh, and that, that's, that smile. What it is is that partial proceeds of every gunky that's sold goes to children with cleft lip and cleft palate in cool. uh, underdeveloped countries. Uh, so we really wanted to create a business that is sustainable, that can go out there and help other people with lesser means. Uh, and so that was near and dear to uh, my wife and I, uh, who is my co-founder, Nicole, uh, when we started out this company, is how can we be a 4 percent of price with shared values? Love it. That, that's awesome. That, that's a really great thing that, uh, that you're doing. I'm glad you shared that as well, because it's another thing that, that people will resonate and connect with the brand uh, and, and it can feel good about purchasing uh, a product. I mean, there's a lot of products out there that you can spend your money on, but uh, people want to spend where there's purpose. So uh, smart of you to tie that in, but also a really great thing that you're doing as well. well I appreciate that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, well, Jash, it was it was great to have you on, and and really uh, appreciate you going through the story of Gunky and sharing your insights and, and knowledge. You know, both from your past 
you know, software uh, history and, and as well as, you know, what you're learning with, with Gunky and this brand you're creating and uh, really appreciate your time. And, and thanks again uh, for doing this. Mike, I really appreciate your time and, and thanks for helping us share our story and getting it out to the world. Wish you all the best and to all the listeners out there. Um, thanks for taking in a moment and to listen to our story. Yeah, where, where can uh, where can they check out Gunky or if they wanted to follow you or find you uh, outside of... Um, sure, uh, gunky.com. That's uh, G-U-N-K-I-I.com. Uh, inside there, there's links to contact us uh, personally if you're interested. Happy to chat with anybody um, and, and everybody. Uh, my email is just the letter J at gunky.com. Uh, so happy to come uh, chat with anybody if they're interested in talking about you know gunk on their tongue. <laughs> awesome! Thanks again, JF. Uh, thanks, Mike. Cheers. Bye for now.